Yes, welcome to episode 118 of uh, the Carl's Corner podcast. And we're not going to do it, are we? Not the 118. Oh, well, I've I forgotten that that was a thing that even existed, but apparently should, should we, in not doing it, you've now said it. Should we, might, should we tell the Americans what we're on about here? It, it could be. It's up there with one of the most annoying but also effective advertisements in history of... Mm-hmm. There's a company, I don't even know what it is they do, but their phone number is 118118. I've got a feeling, wasn't it like something to do with finding other people's phone numbers or something yeah. like it's a like, yellow pages kind of thing? It's like a directory sort of thing, but their yeah. advert was just two guys in obnoxiously large Afro wigs and um, uh, mustaches. I thought they had like the mullets, like the 80s mullet mustache look. I, I can't remember what it's exactly remember. like. In my head, it's like just a big hairdo, so I'm thinking Afro. Let me have a look. But it's two guys done that, and they were dressed like marathon runners, and they had 118 as their number across their chest, and all they did is just run around like Dick and Dom. It's a very quintessentially British thing. It's basically just a more dumbed-down, simplified version of the comedic double act, I suppose. Apparently, like, they were actually... um, are you going to say they were twins they, in real life? No, no, no. It was like then they were threatened with legal action by like a runner called David Bedford, who they must have based <laughs> the appearance of like the long hair and the mustache off. Oh, I always assume they ripped it off of like just the Chuckle Brothers because no, they've got they've no. got a lot of Chuckle Brother, and which is another thing we probably have to explain. The Chuckle Brothers, a comedic children's TV show duo. Um, who were a pair of real brothers with like huge mustaches, and their gimmick mm. was like to me, to you. To me, to you, when they're like handling objects, and I always got that vibe from the one one eight guys. No, apparently they just spoofed off some like famous British runner from the past, and just like the thing as is, they eventually got threatened with legal action. The thing is, did he threaten them with legal action, or did he successfully sue them? Because there's loads of cases like that. I remember where like Lindsay Lohan tried to sue Grand Theft Auto Five because she's well, like, "You use my face in advertisement material." And it's like, no, it's just a generic hot lady. Yeah, and. It's one of those of like she posed similarly in one picture at one point, but it's a very generic pose. Yeah, it's a supermodel pose. Like every, like in that case, every fucker who's been on the cover of Vogue can sue Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, so if anyone's going to sue yeah. Grand Theft Auto, it's like you know all the movies they ripped off. That's true, but like I believe the. Oh dear, what is it? It appears as though we might have an error on the YouTube side. On the YouTube side? Oh, no. It's, it's not going well for us today, is it? Um, it's, it's just coming up like there's an error main, stopping it from maintaining smooth streaming. Oh, well, speaking of smooth streaming, if you'd like to enjoy some smooth streaming while Luke's figured this out, you can watch this podcast recorded live uh, via the Untitled Side Channel Patreon. I'm even going to do the YouTuber thing now. I want to speak really close to the microphone to try and get... Because I figured... I didn't figure it out, but I, I read about this, which is um, you'll get men who are insecure about their voice. So you get a lot mm. of podcasters and streamers do this. They'll put the microphone right up to here because it makes their voice sound deeper and gives it a, a, a more gravitas and a deeper timber to it. So if you ever see a YouTuber or a podcaster with the microphone right up here, um, it's probably a guy who has um, they're insecure about how deep their voice is. But anyway, if you'd like to go listen to some people who are not insecure about the way they look or sound, the Untitled Side Channel Patreon will let you do that live with this, um, and you can also get some fun stuff. Yeah, have I, have I risked enough? Because you've got the housekeeping list in front of you. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I do have the housekeeping list, but it just seems to literally be that, like, 
my internet is not doing very well right now. To be fair, none of us are doing well, mate. No. So it's like, got, our internet is it just doesn't look like there's something I can do about this at the moment. It's fine. We're all, we're all in a shit state because it's very warm in the United Kingdom right now, isn't it? So, yeah, apparently on top of everything just being shit, apparently my, my internet also has to be shit right now. Oh, well, if people want to so see guess... some content that's not shit, Lucas, where can they find some not shit? I'm really trying to get these segues. Well, yeah, in. you are. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like trying to figure this out, but there doesn't seem to be an answer other than hope my internet gets better. The audio version should be unaffected. It depends. At the very like, least. I'm assuming this is going to annoy someone listening to it. That's true. Like That's the true. So stuff let's get on about. with it then. Yes. And just hope my internet improves. So just like, yeah, normally we're now going to be doing it. Um, again, we're going to be taking it a break again, but you'll still get a podcast. But like, we won't be streaming next week. Um, but generally speaking, we're going to be trying to do Wednesdays, 7 p.m. British time. Um, yes. In hopes that, you know, like we can get some people being able to like, view this when it's not shit in the bed and um, you can find that and watch us live um on the untitled side channel patreon but you can also just listen to us on podcast services you know anywhere Everywhere. you'd like you can do it you can do it anywhere in the world you can download it you can take it with you i, I still I every now and again when you, th- you think about stuff that makes you mad which you shouldn't do because it's unhealthy but every now and yeah. again i remember like when that guy sent me that email of, hey, I like listening to the podcast, but um, I've got bad internet on my phone. Can you just send me a, a file with every single podcast in it fully downloaded so I can listen to it? And I told them, no, that'd be a ball ache. And they responded, mm-hmm. well, come on, it won't take you that long. And <laughs> I think we sat down in one of the podcast episodes and worked out that it'd probably take us like 15 hours to get it done because we have to download each individual one separately and render it all separately and all that good stuff. And bear in mind, on podcast services, you can just download things anyway. You can, but he didn't want them there. But he wanted our high-quality versions that we use for the original upload. It's like, well, they're, they're only only—they're not that high-quality anyway because I have to limit the quality to Wait. what, like, I was the just amount will do. I was going to say, I remembered it wrong. It's not that he wants to do it with the podcast. He wants to do it with the audio of all the videos. Uh, that was it. I was, right. I was thinking, yeah, you can do that. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm remembering it wrong. So in that thing, you want podcast versions of yes. every single fat theme video. So I right, should yeah. clarify, you know, go fact, uh, I'm going to fact check myself about a fact that involves me that I just said. But yeah, it was a dude sent me a message that they watched the videos that the channel puts out, um, it like as background noise or something like that, which a lot mm. of people do from what I've heard. And they were annoyed, so they were asking, "Can you just send me the audio version of every video you've ever done?" Which was about oh seven, eight hundred videos at the time, and that's what we worked out of like just the length of time it would take to download every individual video on the channel, mm-hmm. to then like you know, and then export them as a, um, uh, an MP3 and send them. To that would be like fifteen hours work, and the guy yeah. been like, "But it won't <laughs> be that difficult. Why are you being such a dick about it?" And it's like, uh... so I remember that a while. It's like, just, you know, sorry, but, like, it's not worth all that time and effort for you, one person. But do you know what is worth it? And when we would do something like that for just one person, if you go to the Untitled side channel, because there's a bunch of stuff that's, like, going to be going up in the next couple of weeks that, like, no one's asked for, except, like, a small handful of people. Mm. Like, the Cooking with Carl episode of me making the fried beans, that went up, got quite good feedback. I've made another one of those about another thing that I make. There's uh, some dumb stuff, uh, I think, like, we all recorded for Brad. That's going to be uploaded soon. That no one 
but like you know the people who've subscribed to that channel well you know i've tried to record that today in the the heat and the sweat has it gone well no oh okay so i guess wait a while for that but before we were so So, rudely interrupted by me uh, uh, we were talking about the fact we're going to be taking a a brief break um for the next week or so after the release of the podcast episode after this one so yeah we'll be having a normal um normal podcast next week which will be another QA episode yes so get your questions um, in too where is it Lucas it is Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com which is mm-hmm. in the description of the podcast oh, God, I'm getting so good at this now we, like, we're learning the power of the shill um, yeah I will clarify for everyone like trying to stick around um, thank you but like I've just done a speed test and just like my internet isn't doing great today is it not so uh, yeah the video version the live version is uh, struggling a lot of it, unfortunately. Oh, it's fine, it happens. But yeah, the, they've got Carl's Corner QA, so we're doing that next week. And the reason I'm away is because I'm going away for the 4th of July. I'm going to visit my girlfriend over in America, and uh, we'll Fuck be yeah. traveling around and seeing some things in America. I'm going to a barbecue, I'm going to um, the Jim Beam Museum, or like the factory or the distillery, I'm not sure what they call it, because it's like a, collaboration <laughs> of, like a combination of all of them. So I'm going to go on like, the Bourbon Trail, I'm going to go to a national park, Gonna eat a hot dog. Gonna eat an American hot dog. And we're like, you know, I'm gonna be in Chicago, just chilling, taking a like, you know, a well-earned couple of days off. My question is like, is there um, is there a difference between like an American hot dog and an English hot dog? Because obviously, like, there's hot dogs, and then you've also got like, if you go to like Germany, they'll do like bratwurst yes. and stuff like that. There but, is. And okay. While I was over in Chicago. I learned something because in Chicago, they take their hot dogs very seriously because there is a, a couple of very popular and famous hot dog brands. Right? Well, mm. Chicago, Chicago is mostly known for its pizza, but there's a hot dog, a couple of hot dog places as well, one of which is Gene and Jude's, I believe it is, and I went there. And oh, right, okay. I shit you not when I, I got a photo taken in front of there. I didn't know it meant anything to people. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in Chicago. This, this place is apparently famous. I'm here. And mm. I got a message from someone of like in Chicago being like you need to go here and I showed it to my girlfriend she went it's shit there don't go and I went ah the drama the inter- <laughs> do you know that thing when people are like oh go here it's super good and I asked me is it good and she went no it's shit the one we took to one's the best one and they're probably like you know they're probably both great but it's that uh, source of pride thing of people from a specific area of like no this is the good one people always have like their favorite one and then yeah. they'll just be like the rest of shit this is the one so they took their hot dogs very seriously and it was admittedly a very nice hot dog and they what they do is they give you the hot dog and they serve it with fries and you don't okay. get it with ketchup you don't put ketchup on a hot dog apparently that's a faux pas especially um, in chicago where like they sell these hot dogs to the point mm. where um if you ask for ketchup on a hot dog there um they'll They'll, they'll tell you now and people like the staff don't give a shit because they're used right, to it yeah, but yeah. the people in the restaurant behind you will laugh at you because you have those people and you're like oh tourists you don't even know see like the thing I've always seen just in you know generic American barbecue on TV kind of like things is just well you get like you, your cheeseburger your hot dog and then you put like ketchup and mustard on it and that's the thing they don't like that and like I said the staff there probably don't give a shit because they're trying to work but there are those yeah. purists who would laugh at you and mock you and it's to the point where the McDonald's round the corner from that place we went 
um, is one of the only McDonald's in the entirety of the US that charges for ketchup because the amount of people who get their hot dog there and then go to McDonald's and get ketchup. So they charge for ketchup because people keep going in to ask for it to put on their hot dogs. Mm. And that's like to the point where, and I learned that there's something called the National Hot Dog Council. And uh, they, have, you know, you don't know about the National Hot Dog Council? Uh, no. Have you never heard of a National Hot Dog Council? I haven't. Because they have some rules about eating hot dogs. Would you like to hear the National Hot Dog Council rules on hot dogs? Uh, That that led me to that. Yeah, like, what? what, Why are there rules on hot dogs? Why are people gatekeeping? And this is the thing. I can't tell if this is... People take it seriously. It's like with anything. Like, Joe, like, um, this actually came up a couple of days ago. I I tweeted something out about, oh, if you ever feel bad about your interests or you're a... Your hobby's been too niche or boring. Remember, there are people mm-hmm. on Reddit who make water their personality. Like, you have yeah. that Hydro Homies subreddit, which is st- it started off as being ironic, but now there are people who don't realize it's a joke and treat mm-hmm. it seriously. Same as, like, prequel memes and stuff. And same with this National Hot Dogs. So I've got the name wrong. It is the National Hot Dog... Where's its fucking name? The Nas- uh, National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. And I can't tell if it's serious or not, because... I've met the people when I was like, you know, at this hot dog. And like I said, I got DMs from people telling me you've got the wrong kind of hot dog. Okay. So I can believe that people out there take this that serious, but I can't tell this specific website, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council is. But would you like to hear the five, uh, the full guide for etiquette on eating a hot dog? Um. Yeah, sure. And I'm just, while we're doing that in the background, I'm just trying to restart the stream and like get this sorted. Okay. So you have some do's and don'ts here. Don't put hot dog toppings between the dog and the bun. Always, and this is a quote, dress the dog, not the bun. And we have a a, a little um, a disclaimer on this here. Condiments should be applied in the following order. Wet condiments like mustard and chilli are applied first, followed by chunky condiments like relish and sauerkraut, followed by shredded cheese, and then spices like celery, salt, or pepper. Do serve sesame seed, poppy, and plain buns with hot dogs. Some dried tomato buns and basil buns are considered gauche with franks don't use a cloth napkin to wipe your mouth when eating a hot dog paper is always preferable okay do eat hot dogs on buns with your hands utensils should not touch the hot dogs on buns and this is where i couldn't tell if it's serious or not because it's one of the things i found yeah. when i was like looking up is it really a rule that you don't put ketchup on a hot dog and this is why i found this and it's like that got me to the point of like it could be serious because I've met people who see me eat a burger with a knife and fork and get mm-hmm. mad about it. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to get shit all over my hands. Yeah, I've had the same with, um, like, just fucking, you know, things like pizza and fries, which, like, people might consider finger food. And you just get a fork. And I'm just like, screw it, I'll just use a knife and fork. Yeah, and then we have here. Don't take five bites to finish a dog. For foot-long wieners, seven bites are acceptable. Don't leave bits of bun on your plate. Make sure you eat it all. Don't put fresh herbs on the same plate as a hot dog. Do not overdo the presentation. And then we have here, don't use ketchup on your hot dog after the age of 18. Oh, wow. I think people take this really seriously. And as I said, I met while I was going to this thing, like, um, uh, it was my girlfriend's dad who took us there. So, oh, it's a Chicago staple. 
And he jokingly told me, like, don't ask for ketchup. And I went, oh, I like ketchup. And I went, yeah, it's if I was serving you, it'd be fine. But, like, don't ask in this because there will be people there. If you do this, they'll give you shit for it. And I can't be asked dealing with that today. Mm-hmm. Like, they will give you shit and they'll follow you out the restaurant because they're that weird and anal about it. And I guess, right. like, one of them went out and set up this website. Do not use multi... Oh, so it says, um, do not send a thank you note following a hot dog. It keep it's, do it would not be in keeping with the unpretentious nature of hot dogs. They say with the most pretentious list of shit I've ever fucking seen. Do not bring wine to a hot dog barbecue. Beer, soda, lemonade, and uh, iced tea are preferable. So that's the thing, Lucas. Don't be, um, uh, um, don't be pretentious when you're serving your hot dogs. Anyway, here's like the list of fifteen things you're not allowed to do when you're eating them. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, it has to be simple, but it's like, well, what if I want to make it simple in my own way, or what if I don't want it as simple as you yeah. like it? It's like, no, that's not fair. It's like, but so, in essence of you trying to keep it simple, you've made it complicated. Yeah, it's and that's why I can't tell. Is it really good satire that people take seriously? Like the thing, like, you know, um, that Hydro Home is subreddit? Mm-hmm. Or is this someone who's been 100% serious that me being British and quite sarcastic is reading as satire? And it's done so well either way. I can't tell. And that, to me, is really baffling. It's, it's not very often you encounter something where you can't tell if it's being serious. Yeah. <laughs> and as you say, it's like... I mean, obviously, the Hydro Homies one started out being a satire. It was a like, joke, yeah. It there's was, so uh, many people that clearly don't understand that it's satire anymore, that it's gone all the way around. And you actually have people giving to the point where it's spilled out into the real world and uh, every now and again on that subreddit there'll be tweets from people saying like oh water sucks Joe has a joke mm-hmm. do that joking thing of, like water sucks drink that and they will brigade people from that sub because all they just have this sense of identity that is super easy to do uh, it's really easy to form an identity around something like drinking water so that's why yeah. I guess like a lot of like I'd hope younger people do so because they don't really know a way to have an identity of their own without putting effort in, so they do that mm. instead. But that's why it was difficult for me of like, I can't say this particular this particular website is being serious with it, but also I've been made aware that there are people out there who would treat it like gospel. It's just, it's wacky, isn't it? It's like, like those rules for being, like those man rules, and when and there's a way you can look at them for being jokey, of like you know, just like humorous, like um, uh, like bits of advice, and there's people who take it legitimately seriously. Like, have you ever met anyone who adheres to like man rules seriously, as opposed to them just being like a jokey bit of advice? Um, I like not necessarily, you know, like got a book and treating it as gospel or anything. Um, but I have met people that generally like will not, you know are not comfortable enough to stray from like any norms at all yeah because i've encountered like remember when like bro culture was a thing a while ago and then that again mm. came people were ironically using that of like oh here's the rules for being a bro yeah but yeah. then people are getting made that their personality and took it really fucking seriously and i've seen a couple in regards to beer where there's like a bunch of like again super pretentious cringy things about beer of like um mm-hmm. do not put fruit in your beer yeah like you're not a woman it's not a cocktail and it's like i do what the fuck i want um, and, then, and just to clarify, by the way, we've had to just stop live streaming. We can't live stream. Oh no! Um, I tried both on Streamlabs and OBS, and it's just—is it, it just not happening? 
I'm I'm literally running at like a third the internet speed that I normally have, so it's just not. Is it not happening? It's like not even running at half frame. So apologies to anyone like who was watching the live stream. We're just like, going to have to do audio this week. I'll have to shut that um, thing down because I have to chat up on my end. So that's kind of a shame. But it also means as well. All this thing about me putting a shirt on and stuff was like completely. I could have done this shirtless, Luke, because you're telling me I'm sat here sweating me bollocks off I mean, on a leather chair. Um, but I still am on video to you. Yes, because so we're going to be doing this. it shirtless to me. And I have to put the shirt back on with you and performance. <laughs> just a private strip show just for Lucas. But <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've met some people in my time who take stuff like this super seriously, and it's. It's really annoying, and uh, the it's a really pretentious way of saying you're not pretentious. It reminds me of, um, have you ever seen those like coffee shops and stuff that say things like, we don't have a Wi-Fi password because we talk here? Oh, God. And it's stuff like that, and it's like, they're trying to act like they're really cool and like, you know, oh, yeah, we don't care. We like, you know, live in the moment. It's like, but that's, having a sign like that tells me the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the the storefront equivalent of men who scream like, uh, "No, I'm a real man." It's like there's nothing that makes you sound like more, there's nothing that makes you sound more insecure about that fact than screaming it out loud. It's like a so shop bizarre. saying, "This is a place for real people to have a conversation." It's like, well, I don't feel like I bit of a conversation in there now because it feels like I've got a real pretentious energy coming from it. And that's the thing is, I'm one of those people that I don't particularly like it when you know, everyone just sat there on the phones. At the same time. But then when you have to go into, like, the coffee shop or wherever it is and they're pointing out to you, you know, you're not allowed to because we have conversations. Then I go all the way around. Well, I know, fuck you. I want to you don't tell that. me when I can use my phone or not. It's like the same thing with all these, like, the hot dog rules of... I get it if it's, like, you know, if it's a point of, like, you know, city pride in Chicago, they said hot dogs and, like, restaurants don't do it. But just that mm-hmm. thing of, like, the fact that when I was warned, if you ask for it, people will follow us to the parking lot and give you shit. Because, like, this is their thing and they will lecture you about it and I can't be asked dealing with that. And it's like, I believe you. Yeah. Because I've met people who've done this with beer. I've met people who've done this with coffee. I've met people who do it with wine. I've, like, any interesting thing, there's always that one person who makes it their entire personality who wants an excuse to yell at somebody. There's always, there's always somebody out there. There's always, like, as you say, the coffee snob that tells you, like, no, you've got to have espresso this way, or like, there's always the um, who's ready to like the person scoff. with the wine that's like, you're not decanting your wine first. Like, you got the wrong kind of glass, or like whiskey snobs, yeah. and like, it's everything. We literally saw it with um, not long ago when you had just some like um, Jim Beam on the table for one of the Untitled Side Channel yep. videos, and people were like, every other oh, comment, well, you shouldn't, comment on the fact shouldn't drink Jim, Jim Beam. Beam. It's shit, and it's like it's also cheap. It's like every other comment on that video is someone commenting on the fact I'm drinking Jim Beam. Same as when we have like videos where I'm drinking a beer. If I'm drinking a Bud Light, which I drink because it's got less calories in it, and he said it's quite mm-hmm. cheap. It's got less calories. It's quite cheap. It tastes fine. Yeah. There's always someone out there that gives you shit for it. Like, why are you not drinking insert craft ale that immediately gets you bloated and has 300 fucking calories in it and costs eight quid a can? It's like, no wonder I'm not drinking that. It's like asking someone... Um, when you go out for like a quiet pint of like why you're not ordering cocktails it's like because I'm ready for a quiet drink I'm here for one and that thing is like I'm I'm a person who you know when I'm um, going out and like getting a cider like I don't go and get like the four pack of Strongbow I go get um, like a nicer cider generally and there's probably but someone out there that's like not, that's not a real nice cider I can't avoid it I'm not 
the type of person that would sit there and scoff and sometimes i'm like you know whatever's cheapest like i can't be asked or just yeah i need something that's a bit lighter to drink today or what have you but it's also as well it's all... personal preference is a thing mm-hmm. that exists and that's why it always baffles me of because if you the exact same people who do stuff like when you you said the people insulting us for drinking Jim Beam, if when they poured a whiskey or whatever, you insulted them, went, that's not very good. They'd be like, what the fuck are you saying? They'd get really mm-hmm. mad. They'd be annoyed if you did it to them, but they feel entitled to do it to you because they think they're in the right. And it's like, have you ever considered there are people out there who aren't you, who maybe have different personal preferences? Have you ever considered that sometimes, like, people just like to have ketchup on a hot dog? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's one thing to be like, I don't like having ketchup on my hot dog, or I personally don't think ketchup on hot dog works. It's another to take that. It's that extra step you have to take to see someone putting ketchup on their hot dog and give them shit for it. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's a fucking like, hot dog. It's not like it's a steak. It's not no, like you're putting no, like, like ketchup on like a nice steak or something. Which you, there is an argument there if you are ruining it. But then, you know, if Even that's that. how you like your steak... It is, yeah. That's the thing. It's I... like, it's something that I sit there and I do go like, oh, no. Like, you, you're getting, like, you know, this... You're essentially getting something that's, like, really fine, but then mixing it with something that's, like, cheaper shit. And the thing is, there's there's kind of a beauty to that and that like, I kind I of like. And um, I saw, like, one uh, TikTok recently, and I, I, okay. I can't tell you the creator. Like, it would just you know, flashed up and was gone. Just that was TikTok, isn't it? Um, but it was just like, you know what? I really like to get like a 25-year-old scotch and mix it with a glass of Coke. And I'm not doing it to troll you. I just like the taste. Leave me the fuck alone. That's sacrilege to some people. And like, the, you can guarantee they've made that because like... They know, yeah. Every single time they order it, someone gives them a look or someone gives them shit or the bartender tells them like, they're not going to pour that that whiskey into a glass of coke or something like that yeah and uh that reminds me of something i learned recently um there's all those sayings that people have that they don't know the full um quotation for and they actually mean something completely different so, so there's like things like uh, blood is thicker than water for yes, example which people use to argue that you should always like stand up for your family and the full quote is for anyone curious um, the blood of the cop the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb which literally means that the water, like, you know, familial relationships don't mean as much as relationships forged through experiences. Mm-hmm. So it means the exact so the opposite of what people yeah. use. And the one that I learned recently is that, Joe, you know, the customer is always right. That's not the full quote. Oh, is it not? The full quote is, the customer is always right in matters of taste. So do you know that thing oh, of like, and it's okay. supposed to be used in service, say, like, if a customer's being a dick, they're not being right when they say, you're an arsehole. It's just like, if a customer asks for a blue suit, and their skin tone or what have you does not suit a blue suit. If that's what they want, that's what they get because the customer is always right in matters of taste. Mm-hmm. Like if that's what they want, that's what they get. And as long as they're not a dick about it, you should give it to them. And that's the same thing there of like, the, um, I want a, this fancy whiskey with Coke. It's like, if you want to argue it, it doesn't matter. The customer is always right. That's what they want. That's their taste. You can disagree. You can recommend something else. But if that's what they want, give a mix. The customer is always right in matters of taste. And um, I actually had like a a while ago now okay. um, I had something that kind of annoyed me in that sense and like it was when I um, went and got like one of my tattoos Okay. Um, when I went back in to get like this arm tattoo mm-hmm. uh, touched up like I just also said oh by the way I just want like little treble bass clef behind my ears which is you know quite a common tropey tattoo I admit mm-hmm. but like 
It's what you want. You know, I'm, I, it's what I would like, and I am paying for it. Could you please provide me that? And then um, they did that before they touched up my tattoo and like went over it a second time. Mm-hmm. But I could hear them like scoff and mutter something under the breath as they walked away. And I never went to that tattoo artist ever again. Yeah. I was like, fine then. If you're going to sit there and give me shit for what I would like and what I am paying you for, I'm not coming back. It's that thing of, um, I know a couple of tattooists um, really well, and they do express that, but the one that I know, the one who did like my tattoo, for example, they said, like, people come in and ask for a crap tattoo that they think is crap, and it's like, I'll give them it because that's what they want. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's thing, I wouldn't have that, but then this is the the bit that I like. It's like, I've got plenty of crap tattoos. There's my tattooist friends who make fun of the tattoos that I have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? I want it at a time, and I like it. It does. It's not for anyone else. It's for me, and they have that yeah. thought process when they approach it. And that's all mm-hmm. you need to do. Yeah, but yeah. like to to sit there and not, you know, not to my what? face, but just like right behind my lap, instantly try and mock me for what I would like. Yeah, and it's just that and thing. It's, like, it's yeah. they're clearly like, cool. Well, I'm annoyed that I have to do like a more generic tattoo than I'd like. It's like, well, guess what? I'm paying you the money, so just do it and don't be an offer to me. And that's where it comes in. That's where the customer is always right comes in. Of, mm-hmm. it's, and it's one of those things that's been co-opted to mean like, no, you have to do whatever I say. It's like, no, we don't have to do whatever you say. The customer's not always right when you sat there screaming like an arsehole. It's just, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, and you're quite right. You're paying us money, so we should give you what you ask for within reason. Yeah, exactly. So within no reason, totally. Like, all I did was ask for a very regular tattoo and I got shit for it. And I was like, well, that's not really acceptable to me. And obviously, as I say, I probably would have left if they weren't about to do my other tattoo. And I was, they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, add on this amount of money and I'll do it quickly beforehand. But yeah, just the idea that like, oh, God, this person who's giving me money to do what I would like and have my own business is mm-hmm. like not asking for a tattoo that I would like to do. It's like, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. And there's like a, there is a... Uh... A, a scale to this because from my tattooist friends I've heard like um, that things that they've refused people coming with like obviously racist tattoos and stuff like that and they yep. tell them to get, get the fuck out of course yeah and, and um, their reasoning is like of... the moment you do that for one person then that racist goes and tells all their racist friends and then you have mm-hmm. only racists come into your shop because no one wants to go into a shop full of fucking racists no of course not and there's a lot of um, tattooists that straight up refuse to do like text in case um they get the text wrong or like something translated is wrong yeah um and a lot of the time like they're just like no i won't do that like i'll explain why but i'm just sorry i won't do that for you and it's like i think that's within reason because all they're doing is trying to like is preventative measures yeah and they're offering they're using their expertise and it's like that thing of like say if someone comes in and orders a whiskey and puts codes like you can recommend something that be that you using your expertise think would be better but if it's what the customer insists upon just it's mm-hmm. what they want because the customer is always right in matters of taste and i like that because we mentioned there's a bunch of sayings that people have gotten wrong so is there any other ones that spring to mind for you because i did have like an article written about this a while ago that i never uh, went anywhere i've forgotten them the only one that i always remember is the wrong saying is the blood is thicker than water one because it's literally the opposite, in the past yeah because yeah. like that shocked me because i've basically had like similar situations in the past where they haven't used that phrase but they might as well have done like my family twisting my arm being like well no you need to like you know do x or y because we're family yeah and it's like it's oh like, i want to go out with my mates it's like yeah but we're your family and it's like but mm-hmm. they're my mates i've known like, i've admittedly i've known you longer but 
I only hang out with you for the most part because I have to. I like hanging out with them. <laughs> or something less harsh, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. But, um, yeah, that's just one that like, I've essentially, not quite literally, but almost had that like used on me. Yeah. The spirit of that saying used upon me. So I, I always remembered, like, no, that phrase is actually bullshit. Yeah, and it's a good one to like turn around on people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When they say blood is thicker than water, it's like, the other one is um, jack of all trades, and it's presented as like not specialising in one specific skill is bad. It's like, well, you know everything, you can do a bunch of stuff like quite well, but you can't do anything great. And it's like the actual full quote is jack of all trades, master of none, but master of one, uh, uh, but that's better than master of one. Mm. Which says like you know a broad range of skills is better than one specialised skill. In mm-hmm. most scenarios, because that specialized skill only comes in in very specialized scenarios. So, and it literally means the opposite. People use it like, oh, you're a jack of all trades. You're like, you don't have any specific skills. Like, why would you be useful here? It's like, oh, I'll be useful because my wide range of skills applies to a wide range of situations. Which- yeah, and um, it's one of those as well. Like, the I've seen the argument the other, well, not the argument the other way around, but it can also be useful to be like a specialist in something because. Yeah, that's the thing. Neither is bad, but when that is used as like the insult of like, oh, you're just a jack of all trades. But I've seen like um, people talking recently online of like, oh, especially now we live in a world where like remote work is more of a thing. It's like, if I'm looking for someone to help me or to hire a person Mm -hmm. for a specific role, like it's actually better to hire someone that's good at one specific thing. Like, if yeah. you're only looking for one specific thing out of their role. Yeah, and that's where you get the, um, uh, it's the probably apocryphal stories about, oh, like a, the specialist gets called in, and it's like this machine that's broken, it's costing us like £10,000 a day every time it's down, bring a specialist mm-hmm. in, and he fixes the problem in 30 seconds. It's like, why should I pay you whatever exorbitant amount you're asking for? You were only doing 30 seconds work. It's like, you're paying me that because I fixed it in 30 seconds. Because like can, I can fix it in 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, I've spent like long enough working I can fix it in 30 seconds. You can get the fucking firm in and get them here all fucking week and it's still probably not going to get fixed. And then you'll have to call me in anyway or I can do it right now and you can pay me what I asked for. Yeah, like I, I know a few people work on, you know, different IT stuff mm-hmm. and they essentially have the same thing. Of like, look, yeah, you pay me to do like specific things, but I'm very good at that specific thing. Yep. And the moment I come in and help... I fix the problem. Yeah, it's like uh, the old adage of like buy cheap, buy twice. Mm-hmm. And there's that like no, there's, it, there's exceptions to that rule, and there's, there's there exception, is. which is like you know another great saying. I guess we're just talking about sayings now. Like there's an exception to it, the exception that proves the rule. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the uh, the quote from Adam Savage about it, about buying tools of like oh should I just buy the best one? It's like no, buy the cheapest one that you can afford. Like buy the like you know buy a cheap one like you like you know an amount you won't mind missing. And if you break it, then buy the expensive one because it means you used it enough for it to get broken. If it yeah, doesn't like break, if, if you spend a fiver on something and find that you're using it constantly, and it breaks, then go out and buy the expensive version when it fucks up. Yeah, and you can apply that to like a wide range of items. I do that when I like I just bit the bullet and spent like fifty quid buying a knife for my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is like I always bought those cheap shitty ten pound ones, but they kept breaking and kept getting blunt. And you just feel the difference immediately. It's like, oh, this is a great purchase. And I bought like one really fancy pan, for example. And like, you know, you cook in that pan, it makes a difference. Yeah. Because I just had too many like cases where just the pan that I had that I bought for like a tenner broke after two years. It's like, fuck it, I'm just mm. going to spend the money and get a decent one. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Like, if people are in a position where you can 
go out and buy like fancy kitchen stuff definitely go do your research and like make sure you're buying the right brands and whatever don't go spend like 100 quid on a knife you don't know has got good reviews or whatnot but that's the one and you listen to experts as well defer to the opinion and expertise of people who know what the fuck they're talking about Mm -hmm. because that was it was for me it's like um just during the pandemic you're like you're on your scroll of like what the fuck's i've watched everything what's left so i saw like gordon ramsay's youtube channel where he advises people on cooking and it's really good advice that he gives there's like you'll find every professional chef selling every fucking shitty kitchen gadget under the sun like an obvious mm-hmm. digger like jamie oliver and guys like that and he goes all you really need to be a chef to be a home cook you need a good knife a pan and a chopping board and that's it everything else uh, can be worked around but yeah. you, get, you get a good pan so you get a saucepan a frying pan a chopping board and a knife done that's all you realistically need for like 99% of dishes that you're making in the home mm-hmm. like maybe a baking dish if you want one but if you get a decent pan you can put the pan in the oven and that's what he talks about if you get a good yeah. pan the pan can go in the oven so now you don't need to buy a baking dish if you don't need one but you know obviously that yeah, it the, depends like the exceptions how, there if you specifically want to make you, cakes like, how much you're cooking because mm-hmm. like one pan might not be big enough or exactly blah, blah, blah. but like yeah generally speaking if you're cooking like one single meal that's for one person or for two people generally speaking all you'll need is like a frying pan and a saucepan yeah. and, and i just thought that was really good advice he wasn't trying to sell any like shitty kitchen gadgets or anything it's like no if you just want to like just to have your kitchen fully set up like these are the basics you need and then build around these basics and if you'd like to buy the gordon ramsay <laughs> basic starter kit <laughs> well, i'm pretty sure like you know as a chef he probably has a bunch of branded stuff like that i'm but, sure and he's also it, obviously got like all of his branded like his restaurants and, and stuff. stuff and different fucking tv shows he doesn't necessarily need to be selling you stuff he's got yeah. he's got lots going on and uh, that just reminded me though of like uh, speaking of like you know decent quality stuff that's like you know it doesn't break the bank but it's well known mm. i went on a binge recently of watching how it's made so oh, you right, watch okay, how yeah. it's made like how it's made great show yeah like I, i've watched you know maybe a dozen or so of the, the the videos on there and like they're really interesting and well made i uh, like super just i consider it to be like bingeable television of regardless of how seemingly boring the thing that they're making is there's always something in there that's like really interesting like i was watching the other day about like making orange juice and it's like what can be like and during the thing it's like yeah here are the oranges okay that makes sense and here's the machine that brushes the oranges and i'm like what and it's just they put in oranges down it's like this machine brushes the oranges and it's just because and here's the machine that brushes the oranges a slightly different way it's like oh my god and and here's the guy whose job it is is to make sure the oranges were brushed and it's like i never knew that there was a machine that brushes oranges and now i do and i'm glad i learned that because that's a fun fact i can tell people Mm -hmm. and uh do you have any do you know why they brush oranges it's just get remove like um, debris and stuff like that from them right they pick them but is there any like how it's made that stick out in your mind or like any particular products or um, devices like that you found especially interesting um, when they broke down the process of uh, creating them i mean i do like the how it how it's made on um like sweets oh yeah because it Just looks so good sweets like the ones where it's like the the sweets that like they're pulling the yeah. giant like sugar balls around it's and like, like oh the God. super sharp knife that cuts it's like it's a really weird but also perfect blend of like fluidity and mm. specific motion 
It's like you've got you have like this like heavy industrial machines that are just like very regimented, very uniform of like cut, 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 cut. But it's this thing that's like, you know, very sweet and fluid. And it's very it's difficult to describe, as people probably tell about pulling. I'm describing it, but it's really satisfying to watch. And like watching watch these like machines get um like this what is essentially like quite a hard sugar, but like bend it like it's a fluid. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just it's, oh, satisfying. And how fast it goes as well, like when you watch it, like, oh, this machine can process, like, oh, like even stuff like labeling machines, mm. where it's just like, here's these, like, and everything's so clean when you're watching these shows, yeah. which is something I want to talk about. It's like, here's just like these immaculate bottles, like, doof, 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 doof. It's like perfect. And you know what? Like, another one that I found really interesting is, is another, that? like, sweet kind of one Jawbreakers. Oh, where they like, have to keep blend, making layers and layers and layers of stuff. It's like, they start out with, like, lots of tiny little balls but then like they throw another layer of sugar or whatever mm-hmm. it is in with a different flavor and then that builds up and they roll it up and then there's like another one and it's literally just these tiny little balls get like just layered and layered and layered and layered in this giant roller just looks like like bingo balls that are sl- getting slightly bigger over time it's and like, it looks oh really interesting and it's well you get so hungry watching that show mm-hmm. but the, the thing that i noticed is that a lot of the episodes when they show your product it's usually a, a brand name not like a high-end one, unless they're specifically showing you how a high-end product is made. It's usually like, I watch one on whiskey, uh, or bourbon, I guess, for like, you know, the whiskey aficionados. Like, that's not a whiskey. Like, on bourbon, and it's Maker's Mark. You know, a pretty popular brand, but it's not like, you know, it's not on the upper scale, but it's like, it's you know, like mid-range. End. Yeah. It's and not fa- like a cheap-ass one, but it's not super fancy or anything. No, no, it's, it's, you know, it's a brand people recognise. And their factory mm. is fucking immaculate. And I was watching oh. that thinking, did they pay for this? And I thought to myself, they pr- there probably is some sort of deal being struck between these mm-hmm. um, to gain access to the factory show it's made. But what is probably the case is that the people who make the cheaper ones don't want to let you into their factory because yeah. if you see how the cheaper one's made, it'll put you off. And the people who make the more expensive version of the product don't want you in their factory because like some of the stuff will be like proprietary. Mm-hmm. So these are just like, you know, just the solid... You know, just mid-range products that are decently decent quality and enjoyed by like, um, everyone from like, either side. Like people who are on like, the lower end of the income scale will enjoy it as a treat, and the people on the the higher income scale will just say, you know, it's good quality food. Like same thing, like you know, McDonald's. As yeah, much as people yeah. shit on McDonald's, like Bill Gates eats McDonald's. It's the like, great equalizer. It's for the price you're paying. It's good enough. Yeah, it's that thing. It's good enough. It's decent enough quality. And I imagine if you went to a McDonald's factory, yeah, yeah. it's not going to look great, but I bet it's fucking immaculate when you go in there because the oh, amount of money they've got so, for yeah. it. And like, I just always find it funny when people make those comparisons. Or like, well, yeah, don't eat a Mackey's. You could eat at a nice restaurant. It's like, but the point, the the reason I'm going to Mackey's now, or is it costs like, five quid you know whatever fast food it is the reason i'm opting for fast food is probably a because i need it quickly and b because it's cheap yeah like i'm not arguing that a a fucking burger king or a five guys is like a five star restaurant i'm arguing that it's gonna cost me five ten quid and i'm gonna get a meal nice and quickly out and it's that thing sometimes you don't want that and there are people out there they can't understand that sometimes personal taste gonna bring it back around is a thing that exists (laughs) i just find it really interesting to see like even, you know, and you think these mid-range brands, and there probably is some massaging of the truth that goes on with putting the company in the best possible light. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, even still, 
like the level of effort that goes in because there is quality control in a lot of these industries so not all mm -hmm. of it is for sure some of it is like you know it's legally required that they do this sort of thing yes yeah so like when you see like how immaculate these factories are and the fact there's like you know people at every single step of the way making sure that everything's going well like that mm -hmm. is most likely what it is in reality because i think to i think it's the, how it's made on coca-cola where they show you like they have a guy and all he does is he sits there and he just watches the coke cans go past and that's his job right and he's been doing it for like they say that he's done it for like 10 years and it's like mm. why do they have a guy sat here looking at coke cans because it's his job to spot any of that mistakes mm -hmm. and there's like one in every hundred thousand cans that has a mistake on it because the process is so streamlined but still if there's a mistake that means something's wrong mm -hmm. and if something's wrong we need it to be addressed immediately because this is fucking coca-cola yeah so they can afford to have that guy who just sits there all day looking at the cans go past and that's to me is really right. interesting that even though it seems like the cheapest option, there's still always effort put into making it because they have to make so much of it. Mm -hmm. And that, like, a and single uh, when you, mistake. I was going to say, like, when you are producing something at that like, mass production level, if you've got one problem that turns up, like, how quickly does that become a problem that spreads to a thousand cans? Like, yeah, it's that thing about yeah, cans. It's cascade failure. And I mm -hmm. just thought that, you know, in regards to, like, you know, the beer that we drink, people are like, oh, that's shit. And it's like, it probably really fucking good quality for the price. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole thing of, like, um, uh, when they were showing, like, the uh, the Maker's Mark stuff. And, uh, yeah. like, you can imagine, like, you know, all the similar brands, like Jack Daniels, which is, like, you know, Oji and Beam, which is the one we got made fun of for drinking. So, yeah, we use, like, purified well water, and we have these, like, oak casks that are, like, charred. I mean, of course, we do it on a mass scale, but it's still, you know, there's still that human touch there to it. It's just that we're able, we've got enough money to pay to have 10,000 humans touching the products rather than just, like, mm -hmm. one guy making it in a barn. And ostensibly, so, the more mass-produced you can make something, you don't necessarily need to take away the quality too much, because but it you're still able. becomes cheaper because but, you're producing it. At more more scale. Yeah, and I just found that really interesting. Of like, you know, when they scale up the production, it's like you think of things like you know, mm -hmm. Costco. Because that was another one I saw. It's like they're making cakes, and I was like, oh, like a cheesecake. So people are like, man, that cheesecake was fucking good. And then they show you putting in the box, and it's a Costco box. And I went there we go. That's why it looks so fucking good because it's a Costco cheesecake. Yep, and it's like um, you and look the, at I, no one out there is going to shit on the Costco cheesecake. No, that's the thing. The co the Costco food in general is really high quality. Like the Costco cakes are just fucking incredible all those pizzas oh the pizzas are really good as well like the hot dogs are a hot dog but like it's a good hot still dog a good hot dog and it's like the reason that they can make it is a because they're mass producing it and b because like obviously we spoke about it on a fat fiend video is like costco subsidized the cost of those foods and that's yeah. why like they're still high quality at such a cheap price. I just, I just found that really interesting, though. Like, I was sat there thinking, like, is this advertising? Well, I guess it is, because it makes me want the product. But then I, like, you know, sort of aware of, like, my career writing and things like that, because one of the things mm -hmm. that people have written about a lot is, like, brands and secrets behind the scenes, because they're things people find interesting and generally click on. It's like, yeah, there is a lot of effort that goes into making it. More effort than people would probably think or expect. Yeah. I really find it funny though how much that's like kind of changed people's perception of how much something is worth because you obviously look at tons of like people that are independently making products mm -hmm. 
um say you know etsy or what have you and mm. like it's like oh well you always see that oh this this person is charging x amount why are they charging so much for a, a model a painting what have you and it's like, well this winner. thing is handmade by just me and it takes a lot of time and i don't have like again that ability to mass produce anything it's just i'm one person producing this and it takes a lot of time and effort and i'm putting a lot of you know decent quality things into it mm-hmm. that i'm not getting a wholesale price or getting any deal on it's like if you add up the amount of money and time i'm putting into this it's worth the cost yeah but people don't like that because they're used to things at costco costing a tenner instead of 40 quid and they're completely ignorant of the reasoning why for that mm-hmm. and uh, something we've experienced um, we've had like numerous sponsors reach out to us and try and lowball us with offers. And I remember once where just Joe, you know, you're in a bad mood. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you're like, you know, fuck, you remember something that pisses you off. Yeah. And it's one of the ones that actually got to me is like they lowballed an offer. It was like like hundred dollars and something. I went, oh, unfortunately, we we can't accept that offer. And they're like, why? It only takes you thirty seconds to do a video to give me a shout out. So I broke it down of like, well, it takes me five to ten hours to research and write the article. Um, it takes us like you know an hour to record it and then actually it takes half an hour to record it but then there's like an hour of setup either side so we've got like two mm-hmm. hours to record the video and the transfer of footage onto something and then the storage so that's like another like you know half an hour to an hour but that's still time that it takes like the downloading process that's like another hour two hours um uh, and then it's like you know it takes you 10 15 hours to edit it and then the rendering hopes like all in all was probably like 24 to 30 hours of work that goes into creating a video I think that's worth more than a hundred dollars because if you chat, if we charge you for the time at minimum wage, it'd come to um, uh, like seven hundred quid. Yeah, fair. Some, something stupid like that, wasn't it? And it's just yeah, it's one of those things of like people see a twenty-minute video and go, well, clearly that took twenty minutes it to takes, make, it, and that's why the Simpsons and Futurama. The joke comes from it's a lot of Simpsons writers just always on the ball of Fry, there's no, like during the single female lawyer episode and Fry mm. writes like three pages of dialogue and like, there's only three pages of dialogue. So yeah, it took two hours to write. I thought it'd take two hours to say. <laughs> it's just, it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what we get. We deal with it all the time, don't we? Like how often do we release videos or stuff like that? And people legitimately think we recorded, edited and uploaded it on the day. Yeah. Despite there being like so much stuff on screen to counteract that. Such as like the fact it's edited and green screened in and stuff like that. And there's like fact bars in where people we've researched stuff. There's like clips and photos that we found up in the background. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It, ostensibly, if I lived right inside of the office, and you never in theory, left. In theory, what we could do is like record it, transfer it to my PC. I'd sit down for like the day and edit that video there and then and get it uploaded. And we could do it. It could be done. Like, it's possible. We've done it. It would take an entire day to, you know, get into the office, record, transfer footage, like, make sure everything's edited, get it exported, get it uploaded. It can be done, but, like, it would be a fucking stress. And bear in mind, I don't even live in the same city as you. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, it's... uh I keep using the word interesting, but it's one of those things, it makes me think, and I like when I see or experience things that make me stop and pause for thought, and that was mm-hmm. one of them, of watching like the How It's Made episodes and pause and thought, like, wow, there's a lot of effort that goes into making these ostensibly cheap things that people write off as being disposable. 
Yeah. Like the amount of effort that actually goes into creating stuff like, you know, so I watched one like Bog Roll. Li- you literally shit on that and flush it down the toilet. And the amount of quality checks that go into making Bog Roll. And I thought to myself, well, I'm glad that they do these. And you probably yeah. have people watching it going, this is ridiculous. It's paper, you wipe your ass with. It's like, I'll tell you what, you go try and wipe your ass with toilet paper that doesn't have all these safety checks. And tell me how nice it feels. Yeah. Go get that dreaded half ply from like schools. So the, the one like the, uh, or did you ever happen to go to a place that had like the, um, the grease paper toilet roll, the medicated toilet roll that like scratches your asshole apart? Like blue roll kind of thing. No, no, no. Like the one that's like grease paper. I like, Joe, what you put down, like that's like medicated bog roll. Because no. my um, granny used to have that in her house. And it's like, just as a kid, it's like, I'll hold it. I'm not using that. It's awful. Uh, no. But that's I'm the not. thing, isn't it? Like, you'd have people who would complain about the process that went into making it. Well, this seems excessive. It's like, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, it's like, you no know, legally required. Yeah, wow. Just because you don't understand why they do it doesn't mean there's not a good reason for doing so. Yeah, 100%. And like, just, it always, it almost always baffles me how much more that is to a process than you think. No, I think it's always more, cause it's the old um, adage, isn't it? Like, I could do that, so then why don't you then? Like, I don't want to, it's too much work. Exactly. Because that's uh, how we got Brexit in a way, because one of the ways they sold Brexit to idiots, I guess. It's like, look at all these stupid EU regulations. And they brought one of like, did you know there are 20 EU regulations for like what a mattress slip has, um, a pillow slip has to look like. And you have people like, oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, well, it's actually not because one of those regulations is that all pillow slips have to be the same size, which sounds weird. Like, why do they have to be the same? And that's so there's uniformity in buying pillows. It means that if you buy a pillow and a pillow slip from separate stores, they will fit. And anyone who's ever bought like a phone with the wrong charger or something like that. <laughs> and like that is an infuriating thing. And it's like, why is there not a rule that stops this? That's the rule that stops it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it, ostensibly, yes, it is restrictive, but it's necessary to like enforce uniformity in product and service so that businesses can coexist. It gives you, the consumer, essentially you've got less choice because you can't have a pillar slip that's like one specific size, but... It gives you more choice in the sense that anything you buy from any store will work together. You're not forced into getting into one individual ecosystem. And yeah, then and Apple just, enters the chat. Yeah. You're not and forced. That's the thing, isn't it, of like the um, EU regulations about like USB-C wires coming and in. people complaining about it. And people are complaining. And people are also saying that um, you said it. because the UK isn't going to follow <sighs> that directive. There's no way they're going to over here. It's like, oh no, Apple are going to just keep the chargers specifically, like they're going to make lightning charger phones, but only for the UK. No, like, Is I, that, I, why would they do that? I did some research on this, Lucas, because I saw that. And I'm not sure if you know this, but Europe is bigger than the UK. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I did some research. I checked. I, it took a while to do like, the legwork on it, but I looked and yeah. it was Europe is bigger than the UK, and Apple likes money. Mm-hmm. And they're also, like you know, we talked about the pro- we just talked about the process of make you make things as streamlined as possible. Yep. They want to sell the same phones to as many people as possible because they don't have to make these choices. They're just going to sell as the European phone. So even if it's not, it's one of those things where even if it's not a rule over here, it will be enforced by proxy. Yeah, because why would they make 
a lot of like why would they make a different phone just for the uk for the smallest they're, they're market having, they're having all of the components and like phone parts and molds and everything made for like either USB-C or re- potentially just wireless charging time. only um so either way that would be like you know not having the lightning port anymore yeah and they're not going to be well for a lot more money we could keep the lightning port and make entirely different phones for like 60 million people yeah. uh, off of which are not going to even buy our phones and Joe you know I find really funny about that because that is the just on a mass scale, the person in a restaurant who special orders something, and you know the people who voted for Brexit hate those people. Do you know the people who like when they're at a restaurant, it's like they've got a vegan option, and they're like, Kuh. why don't you just eat what everyone else is having? Mm-hmm. Why do they have to be special? Why do they have to try and like make it all about them? And then they're like, no, fuck you, Sp- like, specifically cater to us because that's what we want. It's like it's the exact same behaviour. And, like, and they can't see it. It's weird as well for anybody to sit there and defend the idea that Apple should be able to make their proprietary chargers and charge like three times as much for them. Make, make it more. And that's the thing. And people did do that. They complained about the um, uh, all the criteria for like mattress slips or no, pillow slips of like, why mm. do they do this? And like I said, one of them is uniformity of choice so that, like, you know, everything fits together. Because we've all, of, like, we've all experienced that thing of like you get something and it doesn't quite fit. And that thing is, like, I, I don't want conformity in everything I buy, but when it's just something like... A pillow. A, a sheet for my mattress, it's a just make sure that every sheet for a double bed is the same fucking size. Yeah, and, that, and the way you do that is you have a regulation that enforces that a double bed has to be this size, because otherwise, if a double bed can be whatever size you want, you could have been... Do you simply want Amazon or wish and they buy something it's not as advertised <laughs> that could be yeah. the norm for every store you go to because there'd be nothing forcing them to because we all know that unless companies are forced to do something most of them would choose not to do it most of them would choose like the most profitable way which is normally just make things as cheaply and badly yeah. as possible yeah which is why we have all of these regulations and I, you know we talked earlier about companies doing all these things but like, I do not believe for one second that unless they were forced to they wouldn't no Unless it's Costco, because like you know they genuinely do give it. Like they see it's part of their micro. But most of them, they're the exception that proves the rule. Because they're a company who actually gives a shit they're, about what they're a quality. company that have like built a brand on the fact that they have some quality to the product, and that yeah. is part of the brand. And like similar to, you know, say for example, like um, there are a lot of like brands that have this. So I will buy a pair of Doc Martens. You or I'll buy because guess what they have a reputation for like just being completely earnest in a great quality product and yeah. like that is worth the money and it will like everybody always says Buy them like, for life. get get a pair of Doc Martens because they'll last you for life and they've built up that reputation over what like 30, fucking 100 years maybe. 50 I don't know. years 100 years I don't know how long Doc Martens have been about but like a while a long time and everybody vouchers for them because they've got that reputation so yeah. no I don't imagine if like they were allowed to they would produce a lesser product yeah and that's that thing of like if we mention that someone's gonna bring that up and that's why the exception that proves the rule like we're not saying every company would but enough would do it where it would be a problem mm-hmm. otherwise these regulations wouldn't exist like the other one it's one of the more memey ones is like bendy bananas do you know that the european union has rules about selling bendy bananas which on the surface sounds kind of silly right you can't sell yeah, bananas I, that's I, too bendy I, i'm wondering like Where's the where's the poop in that one? 
well, the, and this is the thing, like, it sounds silly until you think, well, there must be a reason for this to exist. And the reason is, someone somewhere did some calculations and worked out that bendy bananas, they don't stack as well. And just, we ship millions of these fucking things every single year. And if, mm-hmm. if we, and it's relatively easy, you know, there's, you know, some, there's going to be a, a bit of like, there's going to be a middle ground where things are a bit rough. But once we just have this rule in place, bananas will be straighter, they will stack better, and it results in just banana shipments being this much more efficient, which means prices get to drop this much for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. saves money and the consumer doesn't even need to know. And that's it. It's just, it's easier Fair. to stack them if they adhere to this one criteria. Mm-hmm. One banana not stacking very well doesn't sound like a problem, but, but then it's a million bananas. Millions of bananas being stacked together, yeah, it starts to become a problem. And especially when it's food, there's a lot of food regulations. If you ever seen those, of like uh, some of them are like being uh, re-examined now of like the aesthetic quality of like mm. sometimes like apples that you probably see like wonky veg and stuff now you can buy it. Of yep, like it's, I um, it's, pretty much always buy it in shops. Yeah, which is a thing if people in America don't have this. If just because um, you will have the same rules, it's just that you won't. You might not have this wonky veg thing where it is uh, um, in America. It's the USDA, US, or the United States Food and something or other service says that. Um, for example, an apple has to look like this to sell it as an apple. It has to look like this, and if it isn't, um, it's a grade two apple, and you can only sell it for these purposes. And it's like you know, as you go down, it gets, the purposes get further and further removed from feeding people and it goes like like or animal feed or fertilizer or something like that and it's anything like meat of like meat has to be of this quality to be sold as this if it's of this quality you can't use it for human consumption for like dog food and then it goes down and down and down well look at even just like for example if you are buying like meat as you say in the shop how many different versions of like beef mints can you buy because there's like lower quality or higher quality cuts of meat being used there's different levels of fat so if you go let's go buy like in a regular shop beef mint you've got like what 10 options maybe 5 10 20 options like depending on how big the shop is like there's different gradings and portions of the meat yeah yeah and it is a rule that they have to clarify what its content is and that's the thing if they didn't have that rule most companies wouldn't do it same thing remember when um there was a push for like healthy eating where it's like foods have to put on the um, caloric intake and it's like um, the little green wheel I love the little green wheel I'm, yep. I'm assuming Americans have something similar where it's just here is just like a wheel of like the most recommended things that you need for the day like fat, sugar, salt calories and what's the other one now saturated fat I think yeah, it is yeah I think, I think and they have like, that and it's just like five, six things on there yeah and it's just a little wheel and it's like if it's green it's good and if it's mm-hmm. red it's, it's not too good but you know, that's what you use that to make a more informed decision about what you eat. And for fucking years, companies fought tooth and nail not to put that on their products, framing it as like, oh, the consumer, and you're taking away their choice. It's like, no, we're giving them, it's because, and you know, they don't want to do it for the consumer. They want to do it because people realize how shit their food is Mm -hmm. and they don't want it to be visible. And then you obviously see a lot of the like more unhealthy products get around that by being like, well, Portion this size. is how much is in one portion. There's well, no how much. F- like a bottle of Coke is the worst one. 500 ml bottle of Coke, two portions. It's like, so uh, two serving sizes. Why has it only got one lid? It's like um, like kind oh. of Coke so you can only open once and it says it's got two servings in there. It's like, it's, it's not resealable. It's like, how much is, how much sugar is in my apple juice? And it's like a liter of apple juice. Well, in 
in five milliliters of apple juice there's not much sugar and you're like all right but who's drinking 50 100 mils of apple juice like you're not realistic you could drink in like maybe 250 like you know a little can size or something like that at most at least like in a glass you're not drinking it 50 mil at a time but they're gonna put that on there 50 mil at a time because it goes underneath the sugar count so that it can be green yep and that's the thing i don't think there's anyone out there who'd disagree that that's fucking bullshit and the only way mm-hmm. to force companies to do that is with the regulations people are fighting against <laughs> is that how many people have looked at like you know a, a serving of cake and it's like serve 16 you're like no it fucking doesn't and it's like this tiny little cake that's yeah. the size of the palm of your hand and you're like fuck off yeah and that's the thing like i don't like food companies shouldn't be able to do that they should do mm-hmm. And for that, you'd need the government to step in and do research on what an average serving size is and force them to put the serving size on. Or you just force them to, um, regardless of size of product, like show how much is in the entire product and you can't do per portion. And they usually try and hide that away somewhere, which again is mm -hmm. fucking horseshit that they're allowed to do that. And that is one of those cases where, you you know, government regulation is needed. You need that because, like, you know, it can't be enforced on a personal level. And if you try to, and then you always have people say, oh, why don't you make your own choices? It's like, well, you can, but you're just an individual. And there's like 5 million companies out there with billions of dollars mm-hmm. of money behind them. You're just one person. You need someone to have your back. And who better to have your back than the fucking government? Because <laughs> they can yeah, actually well, do something to help surely you. Surely companies have our best interest. Well, they do, yeah. All companies definitely do that. Yeah. And that's all, it's all they care about is like, they don't give a shit about the money. They just care about their customers, right? Yeah. It's weird to see, though. Like, I have met people who will, like, you know, bend over backwards to defend a company, and it happens more often than not with gaming. And it's always oh, baffling. Yeah. It's awful. Like, console wars is, like, a meme at this point. But it's like, you can, like... It's the same thing. Like, we can criticise the companies like, for being shit, but still use their products because, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fabric of, like, everyday life basically necessitates their use there's no way to avoid like for example coca-cola because coca-cola owns like near enough every soft drink brand i was gonna say you can avoid coca-cola the drink you can't really avoid coca-cola the company company. and if you do then you're drinking pepsico and the alternative is just don't drink any soft drinks it's like what about if that's like you know your treat for the day Mm -hmm. it's it's tough, but I, I do like those and like the bendy banana ones. And because I had someone argue with me about that once, I'm like, why the fuck do we need the government? And I explained that to him, like, well, that does make sense. Like, yeah, it's almost like people smarter than us argued about this already and came to the decision that it is a good idea. Or once again, not necessarily people smarter or better than us, just people that have specific knowledge about that <laughs> yeah. one thing. So this guy knows his fucking, but that's what you like when you're watching how it's made. And they were talking about, like it, like you said, the guy who just sits there and watches the oranges get brushed. And that's his job. <laughs> but you know what? If that guy doesn't turn up, or that machine's not running properly, or the person who helps make that machine run properly doesn't work, that orange juice is going to taste like shit. That guy's important. Want, yeah, I just want to bring back as well, like, because we didn't clarify what it was, like, the wonky fruit and veg. Oh, yeah, yeah, wonky fruit and veg. It's just, like, stuff that they're, ava- like, they're allowed to, as long as they're labelling them as, like, these things don't fit the exact like specified proportions of what an apple's meant to look like what strawberries meant to look like these blueberries are a little bit big or small but guess what we sell them all as labeled like wonky yep because guess what they don't quite fit the regulation but they're still fine to eat and we'll charge a bit less it's like okay then i'll go buy that and i 
also do the same with i know the um, i like like the jelly belly jelly beans yeah you can get ones that are just broken broken biscuits you can get thing. like the they call them like the belly flops mm-hmm. and they it's like here's a big bag that costs like way less than the actual you know proper professional looking ones that passed approval it's like guess what these are all like stuck together or a bit of the shells come off them we just threw them all in a bag and charged you like peanuts for them because otherwise we throw the them away. yeah and it's yeah. otherwise we'd throw them away and there are mm-hmm. some companies where they don't like stuff like that. So the coca-cola one they have a guy whose job it is is to make sure there's no deviation on the cans because to them that, that little bit of like no it's probably not a little bit it's probably a lot of money but relatively little to them if they lose mm-hmm. from like you know throwing those things away is not worth as much as the brand they forged for like you know to have an immaculate shelf of perfect Coke cans is worth yeah. more to them than the cost it's going to be to dispose of the ones that don't fit that exact criteria. And it's and all more super more. interesting. It's one of those things that like, is probably really boring to a lot of people, but I hope someone out there finds it interesting because this fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like, I, I think about all of this and all of like the money being like saved and, you know, the wonky fruit to try and make sure you get the most out of your product or coca-cola not wanting to like harm their brand by having a bad coke looking can and then Mm -hmm. you think how much money do they spend on like redesigning their logo to look shitter every other year and it's yeah not necessarily coke but like just generally companies is like why do you have to rebrand something every year and make it look even worse like you're you're wasting so much money we've got a video on the channel about that it's not gonna go up yet because it's uh a special one that will go up when we reach a certain amount of subs- uh, subscribers on the Patreon. Oh, but it's, yeah. But it's about it is, yeah. when uh, Tropicana redesigned their logo, which people don't know is just an orange with a straw in it or some variation of that. It's like the product being sold. And they mm. changed it for just a glass of orange juice. And some marketing company said pretty much what you just said there of like, or something we've echoed in, in today's conversation of. Uh, well, why doesn't any company show the orange juice on the front of the carton? They always show the orange. We're going to show the orange juice instead, and sales plummeted by 30% almost overnight. No, well, let's not give away too much of that video. Oh, yeah. Well, I think people go read the article now. I've said the title and the premise. but And it's that thing of a company thought, well, why doesn't anybody do this? This seems like a really obvious solution. And they did it, and then it failed. It's like, oh, that's why. Because they've done marketing research. Just, people like looking at the orange. It's weird, isn't it? Of like, why is nobody doing this? Even though it's such an obvious answer, and it's the you go all the way around of like, it's probably not that you're noticing something nobody else has. It's that somebody else has already tried this, realized it's a bad idea, and gone back to using the fruit. Yeah, and that's that happens all the time, isn't it? And mm-hmm. there are fringe cases again, the exception that proves the rule, where sometimes yep. someone will notice an obvious answer that no one considered. And mm-hmm. a great example of that um, in the world of science is the Impemba effect. And the impember effect, um, it's pretty simple. It is the idea that hot water and hot liquids will freeze faster than cold ones. And that is an observable effect. You can do an experiment that you can prove that in your own home with your freezer. Put boiling water into the freezer alongside a glass of cold water. The boiling water will freeze first. And if anyone's interested, they can look at why the science for that works. But that was something not discovered by a scientist. And you think that's one of those things where as soon as we were able to refrigerate water and like mm. mess around with ice and freezing and see what happens, we'd have figured that out, right? Mm-hmm. It seems so obvious, doesn't it? Like it's counterintuitive, but it's something everybody knows now, isn't it? It's like you learn it in science when you're a kid, don't you? Like hot water freezes faster than cold water because there's more energy yeah. to lose, so it loses it at a quicker rate. And 
and it's like it's one of those weird things of just because everybody as soon as like you know refrigeration became a popular thing you would assume that quite a few people would come across this thing straight away and it seems quite obvious and no it was mm-hmm. not discovered by a scientist or a researcher and it was discovered by a child and that child mm-hmm. um, i forget the first name but it was something in pember and i believe they were in uh, a part of africa at the time and something they do in their school is they would make ice cream and to make ice cream you get milk you boil it you fill it with sugar you mix it up and then you put it in the freezer it's a cheap way to make ice cream and he did right, not. Have, yeah. And the rule was, or the, the thing that they do is, like they'd let their milk cool down, and then you put it in the freezer. And he didn't have time to put his or let his milk cool down, so he had to go to class. So he put his boiling milk in the freezer, and when he came back, his ice cream had set. But his friend's ice cream, who put cold milk in, hadn't set, and that right. made him. And he asked his teacher, "Do hot liquids cool faster than cold ones?" And they were like, "No, you're an idiot. That's not how it works." Because obviously, did, like if it starts out hotter, and you're refrigerating two things at the same temperature. You'd think the colder things got less to get. Yeah, it's got less to lose. So yeah, it's got which, less to cool down. And it, you know, it, think, it sounds like it makes sense, but when and it's that thing, it's obvious. But until you, and then the science is that like, think of it like running at a door or can't kick a door down. If you're stood next to the door and someone's at the other end of a hallway, you might think, well, who's going to open this door faster? It's like, well, the person's stood next to it. It's like, but you need some force to open it. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be able to generate the most force in the short term? Like the guy there in the hallway, so you can just sprint straight down. And that's what like, you know, the atoms are doing towards freezing point. It's a very simplified explanation, but that's effectively what they're doing. Whereas the atoms yeah. that are already closer to freezing, um, they don't have the initial inertia to lose. So like, you know, the rate at which they lose their energy is lessened. And just this little kid had to argue for ages with his teachers who were telling him all scientific reasoning says that you're wrong. Like, Was anyone, and he asked them, has anyone ever tested this? And they said no. So he did, and he wrote a letter to um, a journal, and they tested it, and went, oh, wow, this is how it works. You've just changed our entire understanding of how things freeze. Science is a bitch sometimes. Yeah, because no one had ever thought of it, and that's one of those fringe cases where someone with an obvious, seemingly obvious observation actually was the first person ever to notice it. And it was just a kid doing that thing that kids do of just asking an innocent question. And just yeah, a lot a lot of scientific discoveries over the years, like obviously just made by like observing something in the wild and being like, wait, we why does that work? Yeah, and just ask like, the one I always bring up is um the kid who figured out how to make solar panels like five hundred percent more efficient because they just arranged the solar panels on what was effectively an electronic tree. And they asked them how they came up with such a groundbreaking idea and they said, I looked outside and saw that well, what's the most effective converter of solar energy? Trees, and what do they do? They have the leaves pointing in every direction to absorb as much sun as possible. So I did that with my solar panels, and like the efficiency was just off the fucking charts. Because everyone else put me in a straight line. Like, yeah, you point them all towards the sun at the same time to get the maximum amount of sun you can. But that well, only you works. You get like, that amount of sun while it's looking like yeah. while the sun's in that direction. But yeah, like all you have to do is look outside and go. Well, trees aren't flat and pointed in one direction, aren't no. they? No, and if they were, they'd all die. Because if that was the most efficient way to do it, that's what trees would look like. And just no one had ever thought of it in that way before because, you know, they just, oh, it makes more sense. You want to maximize energy transfer right now. It's like, yeah, yeah, trees have been figuring this out for billions of years. And again, there's probably someone out that's really bored by this, but I hope someone's interested because I find this shit fascinating. It's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other cases where, like, you know, the obvious solution or what seems like an obvious solution 
um, has already been tested, like, you know, bringing it back to us, experience personally, like during the pandemic of how many suggestions, quote unquote, do we get for how to improve the quality of videos that yeah. we will record remotely. And it's like, we've considered every possibility that you're going to suggest. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I guess like, I was about to try and think of a segue of like recording remotely, which we are doing right now. We are doing that right now. Yes. We, we to tried to stream remotely, but that didn't work. Yeah, we did. And, uh, I'm hoping that means I can like stream this week and we're going to have to try and fucking shout out a virgin, but, um, we have still got like a, a Patreon question that we can round out with for the okay. crew to like apologize. Should we just put that into the main one then? Because we do have to cut today's, sh um, streaming short, unfortunately. One, because I'm fucking sweating, because I'm streaming in like 40 minutes and I need to get a shower. So let's just, I'll pick out a, a question from our Patreon if you'd like to I'm ask sorry, us folks. a question for like, you know, the post-show stuff and get the post-show regularly, yeah. uh, then you can you can do so on the Patreon, as we mentioned, but like... All this talk of ice yeah. cream, though, is made me really want ice cream now, and I'm really gutted I didn't buy ice cream when I was out, just thinking like, the description, because I wrote an article about the impemp effect, why you look for this mm. question, of just like... The description of like yeah we get like a big big vat of milk and we just pour loads of sugar in it and then we put it into the free and you get it out and they were like oh that, that sound was so good and i was just thinking yeah. about that of like how good it would be to have like an ice cold like chafing dish full of like fresh ice cream and how good <laughs> that would taste um so there's nothing like you know revelatory okay um but I would like to just answer this one of just like yes. generally what piece of upcoming media are you most excited about? Hmm. Um, um, well, coming up soonish is The Boys. I'm really excited to see the end of both The Boys yeah. and Stranger Things. The Boys because just that show's going places and Stranger Things because mm -hmm. it's you know been on the air for like eight years now. And I'm just, you know, it's been that a while. Be true. Maybe not that long, but like at least like a good five, six years. Because you've got to think it's been yeah. before the pandemic, which has been three years now. Yeah. So it's like um, a good long while it's been on there. So I'm exactly the conclusion to that. No, that's not concluding. I'm pretty sure they said like the last two season episodes. Season five. Is there a season five? Yeah. So I'd misread the marketing for that because I was under the I'm assumption. I'm fairly certain there's season four, part one and two, and then season five. Which is the last. Okay, so I must have got mixed up in the marketing then of like season. I think so. Maybe. But in which case then, The Boys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just every week like I'm just like chomping at the bit more boys more boys you literally just went through what I experienced with Attack on Titan <laughs> ago. I was like wait it's about to end now right yeah it's about just, to end there's like no no wait another year what damn it it's like yeah. ah and then the other one just like the games like God of War Ragnarok to see the conclusion to that Ooh. story because that definitely yeah. is the, like they've said that's the last one in North they mythology the, the next Spider-Man game. It's just going to be a duology. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with RE4 remake. Yeah, it's just pretty standard, basic uh, white boy answers there. There's not really anything. Callisto Protocol. That does look fun, yeah. I'm really mm. excited for that. Yeah, I'm going to be... Um, I think I'm accidentally going to become like a horror game streamer for six months. Well, because there's going to be like... Dead Space comes out and then... There's the RE8. I want to try out RE8 when it has the third person mode because I don't like first person gameplay. I don't. It's too slow. Seven and Village, but like, I'm I'm gonna try out the third person mode of Village, and then I'm gonna go from that into Callisto Protocol, and then from that into Dead Space remake, and then from that into RE4 remake. Yeah, like, I don't really like horror games, but 
You like those horror games? I like Resident Evil and uh, Space and, and so now Callisto Protocol's going under that description coming out. So that's the thing. I I played through RE8. I enjoyed it, but just you go so slow. Like Ethan Winters mm-hmm. runs like he shits himself. Like it's yeah. so slow, and it does look like it's a bit speedier in the they third should, person mode that they showed off. And um, yeah, also just like in a, a week's time, uh, just over a week's time, week when people will be listening to this, Cuphead. DLC is coming. You're very excited for the Cuphead DLC, yes. So I might, provided that I can like stream it, Mm -hmm. I might try streaming a little bit of Cuphead like at some point this week. I don't know. I'll figure Mm -hmm. out what my internet's doing. And then next week I'm going to be doing like the the Cuphead DLC island, which I really hope I don't need to finish the game because I haven't actually beaten Cuphead. Presumably, there'll be like a thing of like a recap me on the story or something. They can't. Well, I just all I hope is that I can actually physically like oh, go and do the the game without beating the. the yeah, hopefully there's just an option. Send me to DLC Island, please. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and I am. Uh, we're not streaming, so I can't show this off to anyone else. But okay, um, let's have a look. I even got. The Edge magazine, which has oh, like a yeah, custom cuphead cover. Oh, that's kind of neat. And it's like this big the triple one, yeah. Which you're gonna head triple like thing that yeah. Put that I'm shit in a frame. Display somewhere, but yeah, like um, like Edge magazine did a specific spread. They did like a massive spread and like a review of the DLC and stuff. And I just got this today, and it's like they even redesigned like the Edge logo and stuff, and like. I don't normally buy magazines, but when they showed that one off, and it's like we've got this special custom like yeah. front page and all like these informations and interviews, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna. That's how you do it. That. That's um, they say that like, you know print media is dead. It's not dead. It's just it needs to change form to become um, a more premium product. Mm-hmm. Like they it need needs the... to have that wow factor about it. Yeah. You can't just be farting out like the same basic thing every month. Yeah, you can't do what like maybe like Games Master magazine of it. You can't just put screenshots of the latest video game in there anymore. People can get that anywhere. So, like, do you know like the thing with like movies now? They keep saying like, oh man, like uh, just all movies are is just Marvel shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know the, oh, sorry, like then the movie theaters like a really crap series, but now you've got like Odeon looks. Yeah, but they're selling the cinema as a premium experience, where to like you know lure people back in. It's like we can't just charge you a tenner and stick you in a crap seat. We've got to give you more for like more bang for your buck, and it's ostensibly more expensive. But by selling it as a premium service or product, you'll get more. People However, in. it's becoming less and less premium as people break those nice swivel tables they've got, and all they're yeah. doing is duct taping them all. Yeah, and so that's like, the shame. I've got one near me, and I, I went recently and was like, my seat and every fucking seat surrounding it has just duct tape all over the table that you're meant to be like selling this deluxe service for. It's like like, living in the UK because people don't treat anything with respect. Nope. It's the shame. But I think with print media, there is still, because they keep saying, oh, print media is dead, journalism is dead. It's it's not. It's just you need to, it needs to change with the times. And Mm -hmm. the media, like while it is made of paper, it's not as disposable anymore. You need to give someone that feeling 
of um, uh, quality, which is like I have a subscription to Empire Magazine, and yeah. just when I get this like really glossy magazine with like super high quality image on the front, like usually by an artist of an upcoming movie, and they have like exclusive interviews and really neat, interesting things, and like well written articles and reviews from people. That's an Edgar Wright one I've got. That's I go back to every now and again Ooh. when it's just they got Edgar Wright to interview other directors. Oh, that's and they cool. turned it into like a ten-page spread of him um, interviewing other directors mm-hmm. about their favorite movie. And it's like that's really interesting. This is the kind of thing, like you know, and it's exclusive to this magazine. That's a thing that I'm willing to, you know, pay a little bit of money for. Exactly. Yeah. It has that, like, you know, premium feel to it. And it's like, yeah, they probably charge a little bit more for that magazine now, and the subscription numbers have gone down. But the um, hopefully they're still making, like, you know, decent amount of money doing it. Just, yeah, there's that to shift what they did because they can't reliably expect a million. Ex- Everyone who wants movie news isn't forced to buy their products. They've had to shift and adjust. Yeah, nice thing, but yeah, the nature of things. Very self-referential, isn't it? Like you know, you're not always going to be able to coast on doing the same thing. You have to shift what it is you do. I say, oh, knowing that in half an hour we're playing a uh, fifteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old game now for the tenth time. Yep. And then on Friday, uh, I'll be streaming Metal Gear Revengeance for the 10th time. Hell yeah. The thing is, that's I'll, I'll still hype. I don't mind. <laughs> but yeah, we have on a site. So yeah, if you listen to this and then the day it comes out, if you check out my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Carl's Ward, I'll no doubt be playing Metal Gear Revengeance on the Friday. And Lucas, what will you be streaming? Where can people find it? Well, I'm hoping that to- tomorrow slash like when people listen to this, Hoping that we can get Fall Guys working. Yes, I am excited for that. But I didn't want to mention it because there's. Well, that's all I'll say for that. Is just I'm hoping that a my internet can apparently fucking work and b so can Fall Guys. Yeah. It's like the day so, this goes live, uh, keep an eye on the Untitled Side channel and our social medias link below, so you can mm-hmm. potentially see the entire channel play some Fall Guys, which I've never played before, and I'm very excited to see. We'll figure it out, yeah. But uh, at the moment, like the game's been up and down in terms of like it launched yesterday and has just had like a myriad of problems of like launching free to play to four consoles at once. It's like, almost yeah. like like another four hundred thousand people per hour are trying to sign up and play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Hopefully, where, we where... can get that all working. Hopefully, I can get my internet fucking sorted. And where can they find it, Lucas? Yeah, they can it. find me over at twitch.tv slash legend of canto there it is and, it's just uh, all my brilliant. socials and stuff are in the description but yeah thank you everyone for listening and uh, hopefully after Carl's back from holiday and stuff like streaming Wednesday 7pm we'll all be working on the Carl's Corner podcast yeah we can figure it out but we can only apologise for the myriad of issues that's played this individual podcast we'll try and address it for the future maybe we should get some regulations in place we should yeah otherwise we're just going to make the cheapest shittiest product possible and release it and we don't <laughs> care professionally unprofessional 